What do you think? Straightest movie you ever watched or what? <laughs> uh, no. no. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I mean, there is definitely some womanizing and other comments, but I think the world of bodybuilding is not the straightest place in the world. Just an endless stream of oiled up dudes in banana hammocks. Sounds like my honeymoon. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't realize that's what happens at uh, no. Disney World these but, days. But, uh, <laughs> what? No, but seriously, all I could think of was the Always Sunny episode where Mac is volunteering at the Philadelphia bodybuilding competition, just oiling dudes up, He's just doing? having the time of his life. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> He's really enjoying yeah. himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When you're closeted, I think that's a good way to get into touching men. Do you think some of the the fans in the crowd? We're just like deeply closeted, or perhaps not deeply closeted, just like appreciators of the male form. The crowd did not look particularly athletic or muscular. They were all wearing like 70s sweater vests. Yeah. And I was like, this is weird. Why is this the crew that goes? You you would think that it would other people who were trying to be bodybuilders would be the people that are there. Well, they certainly appreciate it too. Uh, welcome to Bad Movies and Beer, by the way. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And in this very special bonus episode, we are talking about a truly ridiculous documentary the documentary that brought arnold schwarzenegger to the world's attention and basically made him a star although i think he was already a star pumping iron <laughs> this is fun um first documentary we've talked about well, that's why we're doing this as a bonus episode i don't know how you rate it we'll get to this in our ratings but i had a really hard time judging how bad this documentary was on a scale of one to ten yeah we might have a bit of a film school conversation here i guess about how you do judge a documentary and whether it's good or bad, um, it's interesting, right? Um, I was going to ask you some questions about the time frame of this. I know he'd been in a couple movies before this. I'm not clear on that, actually. This is so the the time frame of the competition. This is footage of these guys training for the Mr. Olympia. I believe it's 1975. Yes, and I'm not sure when Hercules in New York, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger's kind of first main role. I don't remember when that came out, but I think it might have been after this. So what was interesting to me was it felt like timeline wise that this would have come after some of his movies because I know they dub him in some of his first performances and his speech is actually quite good here. See, I don't agree with that. I think that's not necessarily true. I think it's noticeable that he has not mastered English in this movie, at least compared to later roles. Having just searched this up, Hercules in New York, 1970. Oh, so way before this. It's funny they don't mention it at all in this. They, they show some footage of him from like magazine shoots and stuff, but no mention of movie or television appearances. Yeah, I wonder if that was his decision. Like, did that movie flop hard and he was like, keep me away from that? Or did they want to keep it on track for focusing on pumping iron? I mean, <laughs> probably the latter, but also... How can a movie flop when the budget is like $25,000? Like Hercules, New York. It's not exactly fucking, uh, you know, Jurassic Park. I don't think they were breaking the bank on. That's fair. I do, I've yeah. never seen it. I don't. That's the movie he's dubbed in, though. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. 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 And I know that that happened early in his career. I was expecting his speech to be. You, sorry. A side trivia note here. Do you know what his uh, they, they bill him as in that movie? Arnold Strong. <laughs> That's like, yeah. Really? I guess they thought Schwarzenegger would be either too hard to pronounce or turn off the movie going public. Too German? He's, I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's 1970. What are I you? know. I don't know. He's from Austria, right? But uh, definitely a very German sounding name. Might uh, Isn't Hollywood notoriously um, Jewish? Good Lord. I don't know if we can talk about this. This is uh, not the way I wanted to start this episode. <laughs> well, I guess you're allowed to talk about it, though. Um, <laughs> so... We're going to talk about this documentary. It is truly remarkable, and I don't know if I would recommend that people seek this out, but... Oh, I would. 
I think that people should watch it. If you haven't seen it, if you're a fan of Arnold, if you're a fan of weightlifting, or if you just want to watch a fairly compelling, like, group of people trying to take down someone who's on top, then it's kind of fun. Now, how could you be a fan of weightlifting but not be a fan of Arnold? He's six-time Mr. Olympia. This happened a long time ago, though. The King of Kings, they refer to him as at one point. <laughs> it's true. But maybe you are a modern lifter. Maybe oh, you're sorry, a CrossFit person. It, it's, happened, it's happened a long time ago. Quick, name me a more recent Mr. Olympia. I have no idea. That's what I fucking thought, exactly, yeah. No one fucking knows. So, anyway, uh, we'll talk all about everything that happens in this, but first... We should probably mention the beer that we are pairing with this episode. Noel, what do we have this week? Yeah, this one is uh, all Coop, and he knocked it out of the park here. We have got the Big Iron, and this is from Iron City Beer. They're out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. This is a big boy can. Well, that's what, yeah, this is just regular Iron City Beer. It's just a larger than normal can they call the Big Iron, which, I mean, considering the size of the fucking humans in this movie, I felt like this was a very appropriate choice. I feel like my biceps are going to get huge just holding this can. Like yeah, your arms are to look tired, yeah. Yeah, like my hand's shaking a little bit here. I'm hoping to get my pump in while I'm carrying and holding this oh, beer God. today. <laughs> But uh, I'm excited. I've never had anything from Iron City Beer. Um, they've been around since 1861. So yeah. they've been making this uh, lager for 160 years now. They have a small variety of beers, but they're really making traditional American lager beers, which, uh, I mean, I I expect this to be sort of really smooth to drink, probably not a lot of hops. I think it'll be like a crushable classic yeah, lager. It's, it's just a real beer. Yeah. Like you said, a classic American lager, a.k.a. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says it's your dad's beer on their website. Is That's the straight up line. And then they said also your granddad's and maybe his dad too. There's the history. I'm telling you. You know what? Anyone who's been to Pittsburgh knows you can't walk a fucking quarter mile in Pittsburgh without seeing icy light in like every bar. It's a little more popular than the traditional Iron City, but uh, it's everywhere. It's like the big, that and Yingling are the big two. So yeah, yeah. big Pennsylvania beers. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm excited. Let's crack this open. It's going to take us all episode to get this down, probably. <laughs> I doubt that very much. There's so much liquid here. Yeah, let's do it. It's definitely not fitting in my pint glass. This is a double pour. Now, we open with something fairly unexpected, at least for me. It's two of our bodybuilders getting ballet lessons. This is really meant to emphasize the angles and positioning of their poses and movements, what they call lines in the dance world. And this is the first, but certainly not last attempt by the filmmakers to convince us there's a lot more to the bodybuilding game than steroids and self-tanner. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're definitely starting off with trying to demonstrate that this is an art, right? This is something that these massive men work at every day and it takes a lot to perfect that art i did think it was interesting and they really do try and make the connection like you said between art and bodybuilding and the the advice the instructor here passes along what you have to realize okay take it a little bit what you have to realize is that people are watching you all the time they're all not the time. just watching you there and there yeah okay of course they are they're literally on stage just fucking posing it's just looking. Like, there's nothing else. This is not new information she's giving. <laughs> so you're like, her advice and her time with her was bullshit? Like, why are they doing this? This is clearly a scene where the filmmakers were like, what if we get you in a ballet studio? Like, they stage this. This is not... Schwarzenegger's not doing this on his own. This is a filmmaker idea, 100%. Yeah, it did seem like that, for sure. Yes. She was definitely reaching for stuff to try to sound like it was a big deal. From there, though, we transitioned to a... 
freeze frame opening? And then the credits. Yeah, the freeze yeah. frame opening is a weird choice. But I thought it was funny. I wondered what you felt about it. And, of course, the freeze frame is on Arnold's giant bicep. Yes, it is very large. <laughs> what did you think of the song that played during these credits? Poor Man's Randy Newman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. A bit, right? Um, I thought it was funny that they chose such a, like, emotional, old-timey yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. Was this the song that is called Pumping Iron? I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. It's written for this, right? It has to be. Unclear. Maybe oh. it was just written to promote the sport of bodybuilding at a time when that was apparently a very popular thing. Yeah, it was interesting. There's a bit of funk in it, too. It was a, it was a weird, like, kind of <laughs> slower <laughs> funk think, song it felt like to me. I think the use of funk is very generous on your part right there. But I, I really got, like, like it, it's clearly not Randy Newman because the voice doesn't match, but it's the kind of song that I could imagine Randy Newman singing. Maybe it's one of his many, many relatives who are also composers. Seriously, he's related to like 11 different composers. Look it up. Really? Everyone he knows, cousins, father, whatever, they're all just like musical composers. All the Newmans are in the very musical game? family. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He's definitely an interesting character. I Documentary about him maybe our second one here. Oh my God, a Randy Newman documentary. Fucking have to take amphetamines for that one maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be bored to death? Is that what you're worried about? Yeah. <laughs> and then he wrote this song about things. And then he wrote this song about things. <laughs> he saw some things in real life and he wrote a song about them. <laughs> Isn't it the family guy joke? <laughs> yeah. Now once this song ends, along with many dramatically lit shots of our cast of characters posing, it's time to meet some of them. And if you want to find the biggest bodybuilders in the world, you head to Gold's Gym in Venice, California. Or so a voiceover tells us. And who's the biggest bodybuilder of them all? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. And just to make sure we know who the star of this movie is, he's the one who walks into the gym and introduces us around. Yeah, we go to Gold's Gym, which, I mean, really iconic. Still today, this is the place where you'd go to see people like getting ready for bodybuilding competitions. And it's not out. the same location, though. Ah, so this move? is the original location. I believe the one now is on Venice Beach. And uh, it is, yes. It's referred to as like the Mecca. Um, same Bodyman. idea in spirit, but it, this is not the original location. All right, that's cool. I didn't know that. I have been to the one on Venice Beach. Really? Yes. Yes. I we I took a trip out there when I was, I don't know, 19, I think, around that age. And when you're on Venice Beach, you got to go check out Gold's Gym. So we went down and took a look. How'd you feel walking in there? Uh, well, I didn't walk in. We just walked around. Ah, uh, uh, okay. I, I was uh, like 145 pounds wet uh, at that yeah. time. So um, I would have felt like a very, very small, insignificant human in that place. I had this thought as they take us inside and we see the footage. It's nothing but aggressive bodybuilders. They couldn't have had one fucking ordinary guy in the background benching like 90, like, you know. <laughs> Definitely at Gold's. I actually laugh because that is the case when we first meet one of our other characters. Yes, I, I noticed that, that too, actually, yeah. So it, it rolls a little bit differently in the Bronx, I think, uh, sure. than it does at Gold's. But it's interesting here. Uh, I noted that they zoomed in really quickly on the the how many days they had a countdown to the Mr. Olympia contest. It's 101 days he's got to get ready. And that happens as he's touring around the gym here. He knows everybody. Everyone knows Arnold. All massive guys. Some of them past their prime, you can tell, but still in there working. And then others, you think, maybe this is some of his competition. Well, and half of them have the like big prefixes, how he introduces them. There's like a big Mike and a big Tony. And I'm sure there's like more. It's just like, you know. <laughs> if that everyone's is that true, big, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of creative naming in the, uh, in the bodybuilding world here. Not at this time. No. These guys don't even look human. Like, they just look like some sort of cartoon characters come to life. But... This is an art, just like sculpting, at least it's how Arnold Schwarzenegger describes it. Good bodybuilders have the same 
mind when it comes to sculpting than a sculptor has. You have to analyze it. You look in the mirror and just say, okay, I need a little bit more deltoids, a little bit more shoulders so to get the proportions right. So what you do is you exercise and put those deltoids on. This is where it jumps out to me how much he's still grappling with the English language, but also how much that doesn't matter. Dude is still dripping with charisma. Uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways I found from this movie. Like, seeing the documentary, seeing him not in an acting role, it's incredible how much persuasiveness and how much everyone loves this guy. Even the people who want to take him down, even the people who are plotting against him to try to win that title, he's still so, so persuasive and charismatic, like you said. Yeah, he's a star, and that is all there is to it. And if he wasn't a star before the next sequence, he definitely becomes one right here when he tells us all about the pump. Oh, God. So this is this is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, I just, before you get into the pump, and, and this is kind of connected, I thought it was funny some of the shots they were showing in Gold's Gym here because they were zooming in on all of the men as they were at their, like, peak grunt and lift. Yeah. Like, if you montage that together, it would look like a whole bunch of men or shitting. I'm not Jesus sure which Christ, one. Man. No, I know what you mean. Some of the some of the, like the veins going and some of the looks on their faces. It's just like they're really struggling to get that last couple of reps up there. But okay, so the pump. <laughs> You're not gonna get through I, you know, this. I, I, you yeah. know what? I'm just gonna let him explain. The greatest feeling you can get in a gym, or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym, is the pump. It's as satisfying to me as the coming is. You know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. So can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people. I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a boob. <laughs> Just a ridiculous human being. I love uh. that he was confident enough to say this. Oh, yeah. He was like, this is as good as jizzing, and <laughs> I am making myself jizz all the time. Yeah. And that pump is just when he like gets his muscles super tight. And I guess you could definitely see a connection between an erection and that kind of idea. But it was pretty funny to me that that's how he envisioned it. I understand why he's so big now. Yeah. If, if, if every time you got that feeling, it felt like having an orgasm... If we all felt that way, we would all be massive. Hey, congratulations, by the way. Didn't you tell me you a body gym membership this morning? It's going to start. Yeah, actually, I got a whole new set of weights, a home there gym go. going on, just so I can uh, <laughs> come all over my house. Oh, my God, man. You know, we meant to mention the ladies that can go. They clearly like it. And also, some dudes, as our next scene, Arnold plays to a prison crowd. It's a combined men and women's prison, which I didn't know existed. And for some reason, these people are all super, super impressed with his body. But I'm guessing you probably had a problem with some parts of the scene. or I mean, there was him flexing and showing off his body. And then, as you would expect from a prison, he was getting some, some cat calls, um, both from men and women. And then uh, he definitely throws some, like, homophobic stuff back at them um, in a way to tame them down, I guess would be the way I would say. It's interesting because I watching this, I, I feel like you probably thought I was going to react very negatively to a lot of the 100%, things he said. Yeah. And it didn't surprise me that those things were coming out of his mouth. I think it's because of the time. 
And there's also something about his charisma or the way he says it that you can tell it's in jest. Oh, 100%. At one point, right? he tells one of the guys, like, come on over, I'll give you a kiss or something like that. Yes. Right? Like, he's yeah. not, you know. And and you can tell he's doing it as a way to control the crowd and to play into it. it it's not malicious. Mean, no, 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 no. And so, in that way, I I wasn't upset at it in, in the same way that I would be if it was coming across as a malicious way. Now, would it be acceptable today? No. Right? Like, you, he wouldn't say that today. Is it acceptable to have a combined men's and women's prison today? I don't think that that is I can't decided. believe that was yeah. a real thing. Yeah, that was interesting, too. It must not have been a very high security prison, right? It was probably a pretty doesn't seem like because they're walking up and, like, touching them and stuff. This is such a weird choice. I get that prisoners don't have a lot of entertainment options, especially in the 70s. But even if I was doing 25 to life, I'm not convinced that I'd be standing in the yard golf clapping a bunch of bodybuilders. Like, you know what I mean? It is funny. It made me wonder whether this was planted like the um, the Stage, ballet scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, was this something that they did for the production? But I kind of don't think it is. Like, I feel like... You know when soldiers are on tour and they send them performance yeah. acts? I feel like they do that or did that in prisons too, and this is kind Probably. of what that is. Hey, we got the bodybuilders coming in today. Who gets excited about that? It's so weird. Now, here's a question. Ever coming, coming in here, yeah. <laughs> all over the prison. Yeah. There was a lot of those female prisoners and male prisoners who were interested in his body. All right. Here's the question I have here, though. Like a serious question. Nobody in this crowd looks particularly muscular, right? No. And we hear from a couple of the prisoners who were extremely impressed with Arnold's physique. What I'm wondering is, did his visit launch the prison workout craze? Like, every time you see jail at a movie or TV show now, guys are working out hard. Oh is it possible that this was the genesis moment for that? Um, this is something that you would yell at me for saying about a movie we've watched, I feel. But, you think my uh, theory is out of left field? But, dude, look around. There's none of those guys are like exercising. None of them are big. And now everyone you see in prison, fucking aggressive workout. Yeah. Did Schwarzenegger launches. Those guys who were so impressed. <laughs> I'm going to start lifting weights. We have nothing but time. We're in I, prison. I bet they, they had, all start doing it. I bet they had weight stuff in the prisons before this. Could that have inspired some people in that prison to bulk up and that transcend to other prisons? Possibly. I'm saying this might Possibly. be it. This might yeah. be the genesis. Point. I don't know. I like I like the theory. I mean, either way, he is clearly an inspiration as we see him dropping some knowledge on a young bodybuilder in the next scene before we jump over to an amateur competition. And this is where we get to know Mike Katz. Now, in addition to being a junior high school teacher, it turns out that this guy's life story is literally that old ad where the bully kicks in and the nerd and steals his girlfriend. And then the nerd sends away for a workout book from, like, Charles Atlas or something, and he becomes more muscular than the bully and steals his girlfriend back. And she's like, oh, my, you are a real man after all. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is completely that. This is someone who was a skinny kid who was picked on. And then uh, went and bought that book and got big. And it was all because of the chip, right? He talked about being made fun of because of glasses, because he had a used bike. They called him Jew Boy because he's Jewish. Yeah, they were making yeah. fun of him being Jewish. So he's like, fuck all of that. I'm going to get huge. And he does. There's sort of video of him holding his children up by the biceps. He has kind of like a weird conversation about muscles with his children. Yeah, he's trying to encourage them to like... I guess get strong. Also become bodybuilders. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. He's trying to say that getting big is the way to protect yourself. Well, that's what he learned from that fucking ad. Side note, you know who is not painted well in those ads? The woman. Even as a kid, I remember being like, the fuck is her problem? She's just going to take off every time a bigger dude comes along. And then what? You have to keep fucking working out harder and harder to get bigger than that guy? That's way <laughs> too much work, man. That's not how you got all the girls in your life? No, I like who like that's so that's so fucking shallow. What the guy is like, ah, oh, fuck. Here's a bigger. I gotta fucking work out more. Like that's terrible. Yeah, no, it is a ridiculous thing. But I think that that sentiment held more probably in the time. 
I, I mean, I guess it would have to. I but, don't know who would see that ad today and be like, yes, that's yeah. the key. No, absolutely not. No. Um, we appreciate people for a lot more than just their size, I think. And also, well, I don't know. You think we only judge people based on their size? I think no, but I think if you're like fucking shredded and you walk in a room, you're, they're going to turn some heads. You know what I mean? You'll get attention for them physically, right? And you may well, even that's all, that's all this is. The guys, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess so, right? But you're not going to land. Clearly, a the lady in these ads is not motivated by like employment opportunities. Yeah, yeah, things in common. No, no, she just wants a big muscled dude. Yeah, yeah. It's always on a beach, too. Why is that ad always like You can't like kick sand on somebody. It's the kicking sand is a real dick move. What were we talking about again? <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my, my cats. cats. Yeah. Oh, what he a sad fellow. He got bullied as a child. Yeah. But now he's big and strong, and no one's ever going to mess with him again. And cue the bully. <laughs> yeah, so we meet one of his competitors. Uh, Ken Waller, I think, is his name. Yeah, that's Mike Katz's only competition, he figures. Yeah, so he thinks that he has definitely got this lockdown. He's been going at it for, I don't know, quite a few years. He said he's lost each of the competition stages several years in a row before he gets there. We know that Mike Katz, Katz has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does not quit. So Katz just keeps putting in the effort, and he feels like this is his year. Um, Waller, on the other hand, seems more like a laid back kind of have fun kind of guy. And he's going to mess with cats here. I was going to say, I don't say he's going to be as laid back. He's a cocky fucking like your stereotypical jock. When we see him, he's throwing a football around with some of his friends. Not exactly looking forward to a friendly competition. He immediately shits all over Mike Katz for the cameras right away. dumping on him. He's good, but he lacks too many things. His arms aren't big enough to match his chest. Right. His thighs are too big for his calves. Right. You know, he hits one pose. And that, he looks like a big spider. <laughs> <laughs> just, just assassinating cats here. Well, his cronies laugh it up. His fucking boys off to the side just chuckling. Oh, Ken. It is pretty funny, right? And one thing you notice in this documentary is they, they build up the sort of head-to-head -head kind of bodybuilding matchups here. We're getting the underdog in cats, right? The guy who's been bullied all his life against... As you described, the jock here in Waller, and it's gonna what is gonna happen when we see these guys get into their competition. Well, Ken Waller fucking tells us what he's gonna do. In case it wasn't totally clear what a dick this guy is, he tells his boys the first thing that's gonna happen when he gets to the competition is gonna hide Mike Katz's shirt, which I guess is like lucky or something. I don't even know if it was lucky. I think he just wanted to throw a wrench in Katz's plane. He knows how sort of like <laughs> vulnerable this guy is to having anything in the way of him being successful. Right? Why does this rattle him though? It does. It absolutely it's, oh rattles God, him. It, I, it is shocking to me how well this plan works, but that's what I mean. Like, why does this bother him? He can't find his fucking shirt. So he just biffs the bodybuilding competition. What? I don't know. And he goes out there and he does his routine and he, Feels fairly confident. I think he still thinks, Kat still thinks he has a chance to win this. Uh, I don't know, man. We get an incredible shot of Ken Waller peering around the corner at Katz during his weigh-in, just playing it up. And sure enough, the next time we see Mike Katz, he is searching in vain for his blue t-shirt. And like to your point, he gives us a motivational voiceover about never giving up, and he's the kind of dog that fights back. But when they announce the three finalists, guess whose name isn't called? No, he gets a, like, honorable mention fourth. So Katz isn't even in the top three. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a fucking knife twist that is, too. Uh, here's the top three. Just so you know, Mike Katz was fourth. So close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> yeah, you can tell the judges kind of feel for the poor guy, right? Otherwise, there's no way they did that for every one of the competitions. No, he's the only other person they yeah. mentioned. They, they don't mention fourth place later on for the other parts. It's just for him. Yeah. Now... <laughs> He's shattered. He's well, standing no, backstage. He, he tries to play it off at first. He's yeah. talking about his kids. You should give him a call. How great it was that Ken won because they're fucking fellow countrymen and stuff. 
But in a quiet moment they capture later, he sure seems disappointed. And I think he actually blames it on the shirt. I didn't see him blame it on the shirt. I know that he was disappointed. He does say he has to go shake um, Waller's hand. He's like, I got to give him his congrats. And he's definitely trying to be the bigger person here. But you can tell he wants to choke him to death. I mean, yeah. Mike Katz. What a dummy. <laughs> Poor Mike Katz. Hey, man, it's uh, called bodybuilding, not brain building. Like, uh, he's a teacher. A he's, he's molding the minds of uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Now, from here, we get to learn a little bit more about Arnold Schwarzenegger's upbringing in Austria and how he always wanted to come to America. And as we see in the next scene, he is living the American dream, getting photographed with models and being paid to advertise workout equipment. But he doesn't need workout equipment. He's got the models. He can just pump them. <laughs> yeah, he's got one that he's lifting up with his armor, his bicep. I thought he should have all three girls kind of draped on his arms or back. I thought that would be better lifting. The other two, they get to get down on their knees and kind of be all over his legs. Yeah, they're holding his legs. They tell the one girl to get lower. Get lower. Get closer to the ground. I yeah. was like, oh. It was a little gross, and he tells her to put her head on his knee or below his knee. Like, who gets that low? I guess they're trying to make Arnold look even bigger than he already is, but he's a monster already. He really is. And we fade out from him, the star on top of the world, to a hungry young upstart who's still in his humble beginnings. It's Lou Ferrigno, TV's The Incredible Hulk, huddled around the dinner table in his parents' working-class home. Just a solid juxtaposition here, as the filmmakers are doing a nice job of creating a narrative. I also liked how we immediately got some footage of him just gobbling up steroids. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm sure those are just multivitamins. <laughs> it is hilarious. I noted that. What are those pills? It's Come a on. shot into him opening, like, it must have been 15 bottles There's of so pills, many pill bottles. And he just keeps popping them. Um, he's huge. Lou is 6'5". Yeah, he's a big um, boy. And he's 275, right? Arnold's Bigger a, than Arnold, they say. Arnold's like 230, 240, yeah. which, um, like... Lou is huge. Yeah, and we get his backstory here too, including what is probably the thing most people know about Lou Ferrigno, that he's partially deaf. His father, who is basically his manager, mouthpiece, and corner man, credits this hearing loss as the reason why young Louie avoided things like television and going outside and ended up focusing on his own interests and pursuits, which eventually becomes bodybuilding. And while they're giving us insert shots of various newspaper and magazine articles, we see the exact ad I was talking about earlier with Mike Katz. Let's hope uh, Ferrigno's story turns out better than that, huh? <laughs> than the cat story? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Lou can overcome uh, a little more than Katz was able to. If after Arnold retires, he ever does... Ferrigno? No, never wins. Never wins it. Eh? I don't even know. It's not even clear to me. I did some research on this. He competes again for the Mr. Olympia, but like years later, when he's like much older and does not... He thinks like ninth or 10th. I don't know. He does not... He never wins Mr. Olympia. Do you think this was too much? Like, do you think this whole experience in this movie, like maybe... I mean, he did get the Hulk shortly after this. Maybe he got busy with like Hollywood stuff or going out on auditions and stuff. Like, who knows? But, yeah. you know, maybe that was more lucrative, but he never wins it. And then it I surprised guess... surprised me too, actually, because you'd think like he was close. Yeah, he he looked like if this truly was Arnold retiring, and I I have to believe that he didn't do one after this, right? Arnold no did he walk didn't. away, no. right? Yep. So then I would assume that the door would kind of be open for him. Does the French guy then go on to like win a bunch after? Oh, this? Uh, fucking Serge Newbear, or whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He fucking should have. He looked ridiculous. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back in California, speaking of Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger emerges from the surf like a goddamn Austrian sea monster. And he seems very unconcerned about Ferrigno as he tans and naps on the beach. One of the other bodybuilders uses metaphors to suggest that Arnold is perhaps making a mistake by underestimating this particular challenge. Here's the full exchange. Well, look, the wolf on the hill, right, is not as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. 
It's true. See? He's not as hungry, but not when he hungry. wants the food, it's there. Look at Arnold <laughs> maneuvering around that conventional wisdom. It was really funny to see, um, and I wondered how much of it was played up for the documentary, or if this was just Arnold's personality. It felt like it was his personality to me. Oh, you didn't? Oh, you're wondering if someone fed him that line? Yeah, it's a good line. Yeah, and he kind of winks afterwards, yeah. like that's yeah. And the wink, wink actually makes me think that it was him. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. And it does feel like most of the stuff he's saying here, like all of the business about like coming everywhere, uh, it felt to me like. <laughs> 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 it felt to me you like right in a sip there. that uh, <laughs> it felt to me like that was genuine. Like, I feel like this is who Arnold is. I understand. Yes. And that, I, I believe that, too. That comes across in his movies. Like, it comes across in his performances and the way he, he treats people. But, yeah, I, it, it was funny to me seeing this rivalry build up, seeing him not scared at all. Um, I felt like, and we're going to get more of it as we talk, the documentary actually does a good job of presenting the what if he doesn't win? Look at these other competitors. Yeah. I didn't know the result before watching it. So oh, it, it actually had me fairly, a little bit tense, right? Arnold was confident the whole time, but I was <laughs> kind of like, Getting oh shit, bro. is Arnold not going to take this? And because he's so charismatic, uh, I kind of wanted him, like I wanted him to get that final one. I mean, that's a nice angle too, right? Like he's retiring. This is his last competition, like one last ride, that kind of thing. You always want to see your heroes going on top, but he's got competition. And in the next scene we see, how hungry Ferrigno is as he very loudly trains in a small New York gym. And as you already mentioned, and I love this, unlike Gold's Gym in California, this one has ordinary guys in it. Some poor schlub gets caught in the background curling a couple of tens, which is pretty much exactly what I asked for earlier. You feel bad for your Jewish brethren here? <laughs> what, the guy lifting uh, yeah, the tens? That yeah. guy is very clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that he is wearing just the straight, like what I would consider an undershirt tank. Oh, and then we get Ferrigno doing his workout, and it's pretty hilarious. He's doing this press, and to motivate himself, he's yelling Arnold's name yeah. as he's pumping it up, right? <laughs> as he's getting his pump on, and he is feeling like he's coming, he's yelling Arnold's name. I'm like, <laughs> I under, and it even says that he gets into it kind of for Arnold. And I'm wondering if there was a bit of an attraction here. Is this like, does, is Lou motivated by Arnold in that way? <laughs> There's a scene later that we're going to get to where there's something going on, and I'm not sure exactly what it is. And Schwarzenegger points this out later as well. The sounds that Ferrigno makes when he's working out, oh boy. In addition to shouting Arnold, some of these, like this, these grunting, like, pain sounds just fucking, I don't know, man. This is going to sound completely ludicrous, but some of the amount of weights that it seemed like they were lifting didn't feel like they, they didn't seem be... that big no right? no like it looked like they had like two plates on either end and for those massive men i felt like that should be easy yeah on the curl when Fredno's yes. curling it seems very light and i'm like I, that doesn't look impressive but maybe that's like his like 120th well fucking that's step. what we like, don't knows, know right? right and that's why i was kind of curious why he was like looked like he was struggling so much or making so much sound when it looked like it was something that was manageable by a much more human kind of person <laughs> much more human <laughs> Two things Ferrigno always asks for more of, weight and oil. Did you notice that later on? Oh, yeah. And more he oil. He more, he's always getting his dad to oil him up more. He does like getting rubbed down by his dad, which is a bit of a weird... Uh, 
<laughs> moment in the movie for you sure. You don't have to make it weird, man. He has, to, he has to ask for like a sp- particular oil too. I guess they all kind of have the one they like the best. He does identify one as the bad oil, which yeah. I, this is the world we don't know, right? Now, we kind of bounce back and forth between the two of them here as they train. Ferrigno in New York, surrounded by his family and well-wishers. Arnold in California, surrounded by the best bodybuilders in the world. And some ladies, of course. There's also a guy here. <laughs> a lot of who, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a guy here who I thought looked exactly like a ridiculously jacked John Oates from Holland Oates. <laughs> like if John Oates was a bodybuilder, this is exactly what he would look like. Okay, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, he's in the small guy category. Yeah, we end up seeing a lot more of him as he and Arnold compare muscles in the shower. And no, I'm not kidding. They are naked and posing and just having a great time. Yeah, this shower scene was something. They tactfully keep it all above the waist. I was wondering, because it was a documentary, if we were going to get dong shots, but we did <laughs> We did Probably change the rating if that happened. Yeah, I guess, though. I assume. The one thing they weren't flexing. Well, were they, though? That's a good point. That's what I'm not sure about. Like, (laughs) how do you not get an erection when you were pumping up so much? (laughs) What? I don't know. It feels like when you're trying to get your blood flowing through your body that much to all of your parts, I assume that some blood, or do you think it pulls it out of you? Yeah, exactly. Your body is probably sore. You're also in a fucking shower with other muscular dudes. I mean, some guys probably have erections, but I not, you know. I just meant, like, in general, when they are, like, posing and flexing. You've exercised before. You have fucking erection when you exercise? No, not normally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a camera crew there also. You never make a shot. All right, fair, I guess. We don't get any footage of them soaping each other up. Can they reach their own backs? Do you think Arnold had to ask fucking John Oates to do it? Yeah, he definitely needed Oates to do his back. (laughs) One, one, it is huge. Where's that footage? Why isn't that (laughs) That's in a different DVD. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. You got to get that one on the streets. So, okay. I thought this thing was going to be a two-horse race, but it turns out that in addition to Lou Ferrigno coming after him, Arnold has another bodybuilder to worry about, Franco Columbu, five-time contender for the Mr. Olympia title, former featherweight boxing champion of Italy, and owner of an accent that is somehow more ridiculous than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. (laughs) This guy is like tiny Arnold, though. Like, very charismatic. Yep. uh, Really well-proportioned and built. He has apparently incredibly strong lungs. They introduce him to the crowd by having him blow up and burst a hot water bottle. Yeah. Which is impressive. Um, they say how many like pounds of pressure that would take. Like, what, It's fucking insane. It's, it's absolutely madness that he was able to do that. It's interesting, right? Because it seems like he and Arnold are good buddies, too. Yeah, they are. They're old friends. That's not stopping him from coming after uh, the crown here. That's what happens when you're on top. You, know, you got a target on your back. Yeah, even your good buddies. But... They're so close that they are even sharing a room when they're heading to the competition together, right? They are. We find that out after we get a little backstory from this guy, including some footage of him cheek-kissing everyone in his small Italian village, which, as I understand it, is a daily occurrence over there. Remember, Noel, there are no Italian pervs. (laughs) I love that you found a way to bring us back to that. It is true. I guess if your tradition is to kiss everyone on the face, then really you could sneak a kiss with whoever you like. There's a fucking line, man. It's like going through a wedding procession. He's kissing like 120 people. Yeah, he had to take a shot after each one too, so he was getting pretty messy by the end. His tongue was coming out on some of those kisses. (laughs) They give this guy a few minutes of shine, but the A story of this movie is clearly Schwarzenegger v. Ferrigno. So we quickly return to that with some strategy talk. Lou's father makes some suggestions about his posing, while Arnold explains to the camera how if he were intimidated by Ferrigno's physique, he'd just fuck with him to psych him out. At the day of the contest, if he comes in his best shape and he's equally as good as I am, or if, let's say, he's a few percent better as I am, I spent with him one night, you know, to help him for tomorrow's contest. And that night, 
he will never forget. I will, I will mix him up. <laughs> he will come so ready to South Africa, so strong. But by the time the night is over, the next morning, he will be ready to lose. And you'll never believe it, but that is exactly what ends up happening. The next morning at breakfast, he gives him bad advices. <laughs> Are you making fun of his English? Um, bit, yeah. yeah. So this was funny um, because he is such a charismatic character, but he definitely throws out some competitive edge here. Um, he makes plans to eat breakfast with Frigno and his parents. He says they invited him. Okay, yeah. So he goes out and meets with them. He's really polite to mom and to uh, Frigno's dad. But then starts throwing out some stuff, making Lou kind of question whether he's prepared for this. He even comments that it's too bad the timing of this competition. A month yeah. out from now, you would have been the uh, the clear better winner. But you're just not there yet. You're not ready today. So he throws it out. It's kind of funny to see. Yeah, watching him work in this scene is fucking incredible. Like, he starts off gently, and then he just starts twisting the knife. And Ferrigno's father knows exactly what he's dealing with here. He says he wouldn't turn his back on Arnold within 500 yards. And he says he doesn't want Arnold anywhere near their pumping room. So the dad totally onto him, but they are very clearly swimming upstream here. Yeah, they're struggling. This is Arnold's place, right? This whole competition. Everyone he's the king of kings. Him. The dad yeah. says it. And you can't, you can't stop the king from acting the way that he wants to act. And so Arnold's definitely going to use whatever advantage he can to stay above Lou here. We get a funny uh, conversation with the reporter or the person for the documentary. They ask him about his time at a German competition and what he does to one of his competitors. Do you remember that little conversation there? Oh, yeah, the screaming. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Arnold convinces the guy that a new way to do your poses would be to scream before each pose. (laughs) And this guy practices it for like two months, and Arnold meets with him over that time period and encourages it and tells him which ones that are going off and are working. And then the guy gets to the competition and gets kicked out in like 30 seconds. (laughs) And Arnold loves it. He's like, I just fucking ruined this guy's year and I fucking love it. It was hilarious. Yeah, man. He's just full of things like that. He's got all these like schemes and plots. And uh, it is time for the preliminary rounds now as we see many of our cast of characters posing down in front of the judges. Turns out muscular John Oates is Franco's top competition in the below 200 pounds category. And just like the real John Oates, he is one hell of a performer. (laughs) I had trouble knowing whether it was good or not during these sections. As a non-connoisseur of the bodybuilding arts, I was always like looking at it and confused whether they were doing a good job or not. There were clearly some of them that were more impressive than others to me when they would pop out the huge biceps or you'd see some insane stuff with their back. I think the one surge guy, when he does this crazy thing with his abs, you're like, what the fuck? But uh, there's, He has muscles I've never seen before. I didn't yeah. know they existed. I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, and so obviously I can appreciate that, but I, I did not know whether the posing was good. Wait, the footage of Arnold and the other bodybuilders in their pants watching this fucking guy pose and not tip you <laughs> off to it? They're all just like, they're just uh, yeah. basically undeniably riveted by his like that's true they the documentary does tell me it's good but as a like layman i had no idea you know what i know exactly what you mean because this happens in a few seconds with ferrigno for me there's a part where like the way his dad reacts i'm like the fuck no yeah it's just it's we don't know what we're talking about here clearly no no this now, isn't our our expertise <laughs> definitely not now you mentioned that surge guy he surge Nubray, 
is kind of a surprise entrant in the heavyweight division. They say that no one really expected him to be there. He's a former Mr. Universe and a movie star in his native France. Ooh la la. We get the impression that this is a bit of a curveball for everyone. And coincidentally or not, when Lou Ferrigno goes there to pose, he doesn't turn in his best performance. Or at least that's what we can infer from his dad's devastated reaction. I have no fucking idea how they judge these things. It looks fine to me, but his dad is like, oh no, Louis, why? And the only thing that told me it wasn't going well too was they put sad music under his posing <laughs> there it, was, were, it wasn't quite the <laughs> <laughs> but it was close yeah it wasn't too far off that sound i actually felt like that was one of the things they do a lot in this movie is they put a lot of music undertones or sound effect undertones to kind of tell you how you should be feeling and that was important for me because i had no idea like you whether this was going well or not yeah no i again not our world now, Franco wins the under 200 category, despite muscular John Oates' best efforts. And you'll never believe it, but as we see Lou Fregno trying to get his pump on before the next round, Arnold Schwarzenegger somehow happens to find his way into the room. And now we get the weirdest dick measuring contest I've ever seen. As they, like, aggressively work out in front of each other, it is, like, so strange. <laughs> it's a funny room, right? We have a couple of the other people from the competition, but really all eyes are on the two of them. They're both pumping in different ways, trying to get up there. But the whole time, Arnold is also making comments that are going to throw off Lou here. You know that it didn't go as well as he wanted in the individual pose-off. And now that we're going to go to the like joint pose-off, Arnold is really putting that knife all the way in here. He's kind of doing the final kill. He is. And it's funny because that Serge Nubray guy is also in there. And he tries to make a little run at Arnold, but Arnold like, shrugs him off. Like At one point, Schwarzenegger finishes like whatever fucking exercise... And the surge guy is like, I can take you. Good looking. Gone. That's the last we see of Serge Nubray. Like, and we also have Arnold. I think he he even says that he doesn't have any weak points. Like, we're at the point here where he's like so confident. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, if these guys were coming at me five years ago, they would have had a chance. But I have perfected this shit. My body is the best. And he is right. Right, like he. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, our three contenders do a final pose down here. It's all kinds of movement that, uh, because it's not synchronized, and they're all doing different poses at different times, looks totally disorganized. But as we quickly cut to the fairly anticlimactic result scene, one man's poses stood head and shoulders above the rest. It's Arnold, of course. Frigno gets the bronze, and Serge Nubray is your official runner-up. Did this seem sudden to you, or was it just me? Yeah, it did happen kind of fast, right? I felt like the... I guess the competitive pose-off, the one where there's multiple men on the stage, is actually a much smaller portion of the competition than all of the other stuff. I thought we might have a bit more drama in the way that they reveal who's going to win. No. But yeah, it was almost as you would have expected it to happen, right? If, if you were to make a bet on this before seeing all of it, you would have placed it this way, probably. Well, except for the, the Serge Nubray thing, again, kind of a surprise. Like I, I assumed it was going to be Schwarzenegger, Frigno, and then who the fuck cares? But Frigno did not have anywhere close to the charisma. Well, Schwarzenegger got in his head. I mean, that's what it was. He well, that, that definitely he happened, too. Him out. But, but if you are in the sport, like, Frigno isn't really the face you want. Oh, wow. Because he's deaf? Come on, Noel. What's the matter with you? <laughs> no, because he doesn't have any personality. I think he has personality. He was the fucking Hulk. Yeah, where all he did was get angry and turn green and fucking smash shit. That's about the extent of Lou's personality here. I don't know, man. Of course he doesn't have the charisma of Schwarzenegger. It's not a fucking charisma because it's a body contest. I know, but you want the guy with charisma. Then why didn't John Oates win? That guy's poses were fucking incredible. All those guys are just fucking... (laughs) The Italian guy had more charisma. 
Well, speaking of the Italian guy, it's main event time now as the best big man and best little man are going to square off for the ultimate prize. It's Arnold versus Franco. And as much as I was like, I have no idea how they judge this thing earlier, I could pinpoint the exact moment when Franco lost the competition. They're freestyling, doing their thing, and almost immediately, Arnold hits a pose, Franco stops, looks at him, appears confused, and then just copies the exact same pose that Schwarzenegger was doing. When that happened, I literally said out loud, well, he's fucked, and I tore up my scorecard. (laughs) Seriously. You just put a big zero on there? I mean, Franco, it was so hard because in watching it, trying to judge it and figure out what was happening, Franco clearly had a very good body and or proportionality for its size. But the fact that Arnold was so much bigger and had an equal, if not better, proportionality. He mentions that, that the height is a is a factor, yeah. It would be hard not to give it to the more overwhelming is the world that comes to mind. It's yeah. not the right word, but the man who has a much bigger presence. And if they are equal in other terms, it's got to go to the bigger presence. If you're a lady and you saw both of them in the bar, you're like probably going for the tall guy. Yeah. You know, the implication. <laughs> yeah. So you think this is because... Uh, Unless you're worried Italian you can't take smaller, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. If you're worried you can't it. handle it. Then then you go the other, but the judges felt they could handle the bigger dom. The judge- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, no problem. They're like, we can get enough for that. Let's, oh, let's give him God the, damn. the 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Arnold wins, of course, and him and Franco share a super awkward hug slash arm raise combo where Franco tries to like lift his arm to congratulate him, but he grabs the wrong arm. And I'm pretty sure that one of them was in love with the other one here because I can't think of any other reason why this would be so clunky. (laughs) It's pretty amazing, really. There had to be a lot of that during the 70s, um, like a lot of closeted amongst the community. Who entered bodybuilding just to be around the... Other men. I would assume. It's wild speculation. I don't know. <laughs> if you're a heterosexual bodybuilder from the 70s, well, I, would I like assume, to apologize. Well, based for- <laughs> on what Arnold's behavior is, do you assume Arnold is heterosexual? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's just out there mowing ass. Like, there's, yeah. not, there's oh, yeah, no chance of yeah. Constantly. But um, there's definitely tension between Frigno, too. I don't yeah. know Frigno's sexual history. I don't either. So I have no Should idea. we Google it? <laughs> it's Lou okay. Ferrigno's sexual history? <laughs> That's an interesting search. Yeah. I want to see that in your search history. Please do it on uh, <laughs> on, on a computer for your employment. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think, I mean, I go back to the Mac thing and Always Sunny. There's probably guys in the crowd or hangers on or guys that are like really about the bodies for whatever reason. Maybe they can't, you know, deal with yeah. whatever. Or maybe it's a, it's a like, this is an ideal of physical... Uh, I guess I'll say beauty. They're superheroes. Um, Yeah, like superheroes. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. And that's why probably Arnold was such an action movie star and why Lou Frigno became the Hulk, right? Like a lot of these people probably ended up being in movies and television, right? You had to. In the 80s, it was like a requirement. We've talked about this. Arnold Stallone, like fucking, like Van, either had to be a super fucking jacked guy with the body of a Greek god or you had to be a like essentially a karate master or someone who could do the fucking splits like Van Damme or like whatever like yeah. you needed to have one of those two things and then Steven Seagal came along and you just didn't need any of that stuff anymore you just needed a throat rip you could have a doughy fucking body asshole, yeah and some bullshit indigenous ancestry and you just get to come. <laughs> I'm kidding he might actually be part like American Indian I don't know he may be but he is also one of the worst humans in the history of earth the point is you wouldn't see in the 80s you wouldn't have seen fucking Matt Damon beating guys up in a movie no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Schwarzenegger would be fucking curling Matt Damon with one arm. While he, <laughs> while he had sex with his wife. <laughs> Matt Damon's wife or his? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Both. <laughs> Same time. Yeah. Same time. There you go. Uh, we end things here with Arnold announcing his retirement, not from bodybuilding, but from bodybuilding competitions. Key difference there. 
and continuing to fuck with Lou Ferrigno. It's done in a more friendly, congenial way, but Arnold's still making it clear in no uncertain terms that he's the one with the big hog. He's basically treating Ferrigno like a little brother. You know what I mean? He does. He kind of looks over him. They get a little bit of time they spend with him here talking about what led to him and his success. And it's it's interesting. He talks about being cold before the competition, like cold not in temperature, but in the way he treats people around him. He needs to be 100% focused. Yeah, he skipped his own dad's fucking funeral. I thought this was insane. His dad died. I can't come out of competition. Just blew his mom off like Jesus. Yeah, and... The, the competition was two months down the road. I was like, holy shit. He was so single-minded. But as he had talked about in the beginning, right, he definitely cared about being infamous more than he cared about anything else in his life. And that's but, why he's a winner. Well, and it, it tells you why um, he was successful, but it also, is that worth it? Arnold's got to live for Arnold. That's all I'm saying. Now, after uh, we, we basically were done here. He makes a joke about coming over to Ferrigno's house for dinner and getting set up with his sister, and he comically pretends to have to back up when Ferrigno takes his shirt off. And then we're into the credits, man, and we get a reprise of that uh, Pumping Iron song. Yeah, this ending is funny. The The four of them, um, this is Arnold, Lou, Lou's mom, dad, yeah. and Lou's dad, are sitting in the back of a bus. They've got the back row of a bus. Arnold and Lou are sitting beside each other. Mom is beside Arnold, and Dad is beside Lou. And they love him. He's they a do. lovable guy. He's like yeah. a part of the family. It's so He destroyed funny. their son psychologically, and they're like, oh, Arnold. And then he says he's going to go home and, like, bang Ferrigno's sister. He says he's going <laughs> to date her. He also makes a comment about eating the mother's pie. And I was like, is that sexual as well? No, like, he, come on. There, it was close there. I was like, holy shit. The da Louis' dad's kind of like, oh, man, this guy has my whole family under his thumb here. Um, he's a star. Ferrigno's dad star. knows. Ferrigno's dad knows from the job. He yeah. says it in that breakfast scene. He's like, Arnold, you fucking asshole. Yeah. He's, you're, you know. Yeah, dad's just crying yeah, in the corner. Yeah. We had him. We had him, Louie. Yeah. Why didn't you hit that pose better? <laughs> and so that kind of brings us to the end here. And we should probably transition to our ratings, which we already said is going to be a little bit difficult, but we'll give it a try. The way we do this, we rate the movie two times. One to ten for how bad it is. One to ten for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are 10 out of 10 on both scales, or what we call the Crit 20. And I have to say, this was hard. Like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, it's a documentary, totally different kind of movie than what we talked about. And documentaries kind of inherently have that thing where you're like, how much of this is real and how much is staged or exaggerated or played up for the camera. And when I thought about rating for this movie, I really asked myself this question, and what I've landed on is, I feel like all of this was staged. I think there's a good chance that they basically set this thing out, they wrote it out, they had these scenes happen. They might have fed Schwarzenegger some lines, I don't think you can call this objective in any sense of the term. Oh, no, absolutely not. There's definitely a narrative to this. It was definitely setting up um, Arnold as a superhero slash villain. Can anyone take him Super down? Super villain, I would say. Like, he is, he's charismatic and that's redeeming, but he is the bad guy. Ferrigno is the guy where they're like, can he do it? And you, Arnold's fucking with him. He's not fucking with Arnold. No, it's true. They definitely, in they kind of throw that same little section in with Cats and the other bodybuilder where they're definitely showing there's some underdogs in this world and then there's the people who are the bully. And it seems like this world is dominated by the bullies. And... If that bully happens to have the charisma of Schwarzenegger, then they're going to be a star. So ironic for Mike Katz's journey, eh? He tries to uh, fight the bullies by entering bodybuilding, and it's full of fucking bullies. 
<laughs> Poor cats. Yeah, he's definitely the person you walk away from this feeling the worst for. You, yeah. you do feel for Frigno too, or maybe Frigno's dad, because Arnold ends up having sex with no his whole one family. Is more, <laughs> no one is more devastated than Frigno's dad. But I don't know, man. Like I, I watch this, and we'll get to Enjoyable in a second. It, it, it struck me more as a star vehicle for Arnold than an actual document of the competition. And the, the anticlimactic final scene where they're like, here's your three guys, third place, Lou Ferrigno, first place, uh, Schwarzenegger, yay. It happened like 30 seconds. I was like, what? Like the, the, the competition kind of pushed to the side. But like watching this, they do a good enough job of constructing this narrative where I was pretty invested in it, not to the same extent that you were, it sounds like. Yeah, I wanted to but, know. But yeah. yeah, I... I I, I was pretty into it, so I guess it's kind of done its job. So I had this as an eight bad. Holy shit. Okay. I'm wondering whether they filmed a lot of the footage and then decided to make it about Schwarzenegger. So I think the answer to your question is it probably wasn't when they got him on camera. They probably got him on camera and they're like, oh, this guy's fucking great. It was probably when they got the other guys on camera and they were like, oh, like Schwarzenegger is the exception here, not the rule. Because like... A lot of the other characters were kind of duds. Yeah. Both in terms, in terms of personality. Of, yeah, yeah. And also seemingly intelligence. Like at least yeah. based on what we saw in this movie. Like I know you'd love to work out, but read a book once in a while, you know. <laughs> Honestly, like. Yeah. There was. It was hard. They were not getting a lot from some of the other guys. So I, it does feel to me like this was they had met Arnold and Arnold, they saw in him a star or talent. They had said, look, this guy's just won five in a row. He's going for his final. Ooh, another beer. I like it. He's never too late. It's never too late. He's going for his final Mr. Olympian. And he has got so much charisma. We are going to have some gold here. And then they started building around that, right? Like, who can we put him against? Who is this versus? Why are you doing this? It must yes. be versus. Oh, someone. yeah, I agree with that. They they found him and they were like, we need to make it. And I said they made a narrative. They made a narrative around this. Because it bounces around in terms of weight class, like you don't really get. Schwarzenegger is present throughout, but I don't know. Like, there wasn't enough meat on the bone, I feel. Is Ironically, it, in a movie where these guys are fucking just all meat. Massive, all the meat on the bone. Is it more because they didn't have enough material just in the Schwarzenegger-Louis kind of, like, main storyline? You yes, have to say that's, that that's the yeah. main one. And so they filled it out with all those little stories. How, how in, often can yeah. you watch guys fucking work out yeah. before they pose like two times total on a stage? There's it's only not, there's not, yeah. so many O-faces and greased up men that you can show. More before. oil. More oil. What did you have this as? What's your rating out of 10? So the part I found frustrating was that it seemed contrived. Like there was sections and it definitely seemed to be edited in a way that um, was forcing the story on you. You're right in terms of watching a documentary. Although I did find that I was connected to wanting to know who won. I I felt like they did a good job of editing the music to tell me like when people were being successful or unsuccessful. And I found that like I wanted to know at that end there whether it was going to be Arnold or Lou. And I really didn't know based on the way they edited together who was going to win. But I had this as a six bad. Wow, you really got into the storytelling. Yeah, 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 I did. I agree that there is some extra stuff that didn't need to be there or some of those other storylines just kind of filled it out. But I felt like as a documentary that was trying to send a message that it it did a reasonably good job with it. But how enjoyable did you find this movie on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, um, I laughed a lot. <laughs> yeah, Arnold said a bunch of shit that He's was hilarious. so fucking charismatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Even the stuff that wasn't supposed to be funny, a lot of the workout scenes and the community around the bodybuilding, I found over the top and funny. 
So I actually had this as an eight enjoyable. So I went six bad, eight enjoyable. So I also had this as an eight enjoyable, mostly on the back of Schwarzenegger, on the massive muscular back of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's like a roadmap. They referred to it as a roadmap at one point with all it the is, fucking veins and stuff. It is so huge. He's it's enormous absolutely in this. Massive. Yeah, he's yeah. absolutely fucking all swolled up. The reason I have it as an eight and not higher is their attempts to make it seem like there is a heavy psychological component to bodybuilding just do not work for me. Like, I'm not convinced that's a thing. Guys getting fucking rattles, they can't find a shirt or because, like, Schwarzenegger <laughs> says something to them about, like, being a month away. Yeah. Like, that. that's kind of the thesis for this whole movie, so I felt like I should rate it worse on principle. Some of the guys I just didn't give a shit for, and because some of it did seem so staged, there were moments where I was kind of like, come on. Like, they're just, like... Ken Waller in the fucking shirt peering around the corner, like, and the shirt's missing. Where's my shirt? Like, I'm like, this is yeah. too much. It's too staged, but it is an enjoyable time. And I said at the beginning, I'm not sure if I'd recommend this to people, but some of the moments in this are very memorable. Let's put it that way. If you grew up in the 80s and 90s and Schwarzenegger movies have a place in your, like, collective memory, it's worth watching this, right? Like, yes. it's interesting to me to see how motivated he was to become famous, how much he cared, and then also how charismatic he was in pushing his way through and getting there. Well, that's the thing. That what I, My takeaway from this is some people legitimately just have star quality or talent, and that is very clear in this. Like Schwarzenegger, long before he became the star of Terminator, Predator, all these great movies, True Lies, like he just had that quality. It was an innate thing within him. Um, and so it's, it's kind of reaffirms the idea that talent is real. Yeah. And you can, you can see that here, but it also kind of reaffirms the idea that if you want something bad enough and you are willing to give up everything else for it, it's possible that you can get there. You got to want it. More oil. <laughs> more oil. <laughs> more greased up yeah, muscly man. men. So you know what? Uh, worth talking about for sure. Yeah. This was good. Yeah, no, this was fun. I, I enjoyed watching it. I've enjoyed talking about it. How about the big iron, though? How about this I mean, beer from Iron City Beer Company out of Pittsburgh? You know what I'm going to say. I love Pittsburgh. It is my second home. I love regular beer, and this is a fucking top-shelf regular beer. On a hot summer day, cash out a couple big irons. You're sitting pretty. I liked it. How about you? I mean, I'm going to say that I'm glad that we drank this over the light. Again, I see lights pretty popular. It'd be, it'd be, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, personally, I am a man who prefers the flavor. It was easy to drink. I, you're drinking I history right there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. 160 years yeah. of liquid. Your father, your grandfather. <laughs> All my forefathers, their liquids are inside me, and <laughs> oh, it's delicious. God, Jesus, <laughs> that seems like a good place to end this. Uh, so oh. this is a bonus episode. Of course, we're back in about a month or so with uh, the rest of our third season. We're going to be starting things off with your most requested genre of the uh, the current times i don't know i'm trying <laughs> 80s horror we're gonna Ooh, be going some 80s horror i am always up for some fun 80s yeah. horror and another and a movie that again by some people not considered a bad movie we'll see we're gonna watch the howling you ever seen the howling it sounds familiar but i i don't know what it's werewolves about. that sounds pretty exciting i am a fan of the whole kind of werewolf vampire bigfoot kind of uh, yeah, we haven't scenario. done a werewolf movie yet right i mean no. oh, except that you count the fucking guy in spookies <laughs> the werecat <laughs> the werecat no so yeah no this is fun i like getting into the kind of cryptid narrative that kind of stuff is fun to me yeah i think it'll be a good time and uh please join us for that if you haven't already follow us on social media at the bmb podcast on twitter and instagram Feel free to send us emails. 
the BNB podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. There's still time to get some requests in for the rest of this season. Thank you so much for joining us for this very special bonus episode. We're going to go get our pump on right now. Uh, I'm Cooper. <laughs> and I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it pumping. A movie with heart, soul, and plenty of muscle. <laughs>